Who's on top? Who's on top? Who's gonna be the cream of the crop? What? Who's gonna hit that game winner mic drop? You don't know, but we just might. If you wanna find out, check us out tonight with Jeremy, Jacob, and Ellis too. Add in Ori, and we have a crew. Woo! And welcome back to episode five on Who's on Top. Today we'll be covering some stories surrounding the biggest game of the year, the Super Bowl. We have two great teams going up against each other, the Chiefs and the 49ers. We also have two special guests joining us today. Experts in their respective fields, they'll provide an insight into the intricacies and nuances of this game. Hailing from the notoriously successful city of Boston, we have Celtics fan and Frederick the Great enthusiast, Jesse Whalen Small. What's up guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, Can't wait to get this started and predict better than all of you. Mm. And claiming to have a photographic memory while living full-time underneath the bench in Gillette <laughs> Stadium in Foxborough, we have Daniel Fox. Hello, I do have a photographic memory. Pleasure to be here. All right, and we have all the regulars back. The Russian machine, Ellis Gordon. What's up? Fencing master, expert stabber, Jeremy Giles. At your service, Monsieur. And Frisbro, Jacob Kazdin. What's up, guys? As for the predictions we've made in the previous four weeks, we now have the totals and the tallies are in. Ellis is the winner with 63% correct rates. Yes, sir. Jacob is second with uh, 53%. I'll take second. And unfortunately, Jeremy is the loser with 42%. You're and welcome, people. Ellis now gets to decide uh, what he'd like to do for Jeremy's punishment. Ellis? Uh, for Jeremy's punishment, as his legs have had a recent ingrown of hair, we're going to take two strips of wax and wax his hairs. Check that out on the Instagram for a full video coming soon. I cannot confirm or deny this, but my legs will look silky smooth. Recently, we've come across the news that a local hero and a hometown favorite, Eli Manning, will be retiring. Uh, He was with the Giants for a long time, won two Super Bowls, defeating um, Tom Brady in both of them. Uh, It's a hotly debated uh, topic whether he should be inducted into the Hall of Fame or not. First, we'll be turning to our uh, expert resident, Daniel Fox. Daniel, what do you have to say? Yeah, so obviously I have a lot of respect for what Eli Manning did in his career, but I think it's a stretch to call him a Hall of Famer. Um, When you look at his career, he was never considered a top five or even maybe ten quarterback during his entire career. He was clearly a step below Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady throughout his career. Uh, The second reason is, look, he did win two Super Bowls with two game-winning drives, but he put up 21 points and 17 points respectively in those two games, not exactly carrying the load. The third reason, look, he did win two Super Bowls, but he didn't win a single playoff game in any other season. So he did have two playoff runs, but really he just wasn't consistent enough what you want to see from a Hall of Famer. Well, I agree that, yeah, his stats are definitely borderline Hall of Famer, and for stats alone, I definitely would not put him in the Hall of Fame. I'll put him just outside. But you have to consider legacy here, and the fact that he won two Super Bowl with two Super Bowl MVPs, as well as beating Tom Brady's Patriots, and there's there's something to be said for that. He has a place in the game's history. Like, Joe Namath didn't put up the best stats throughout his career, and he's in the Hall of Fame, arguably, for that one game, Super Bowl run with the Super Bowl three against the Colts. Yeah, but during his time, Joe Namath ha- posted elite stats for his era. Eli Manning. He actually didn't. His, he has I one think, of the most. He has some of the highest interception totals of all time, if not the highest. No, but he I was think, leading the league in yards and touchdowns. That's just the era that he played. And I would in. also disagree I think, that Eli Manning is a not wasn't a top five quarterback in his prime. I would say he's definitely not top one ever. But uh, I would say in his prime, he was, he was just behind Breeze, Roethlisberger, Manning, and Brady. Well, I think, first of all, as a Peyton Manning superfan, I will refer to Eli Manning exclusively as little brother. I want to get that clear. But with that said, Eli Manning has a quintessential place in the NFL history. 
right? The only reason Tom Brady is not by and far the best quarterback ever, whatever you think in the GOAT debate, is because of Eli Manning. Because we have this villain in his story, or the hero for the grand majority of us. But, and number-wise, if he was not even close to anything Hall of Famer, I think that we could say he doesn't make it. But he's number seven in touchdowns, number seven in passing yards. That's enough with the career highlights he has to get him into the Hall of Fame as the little brother in the Manning family. Uh, as a Patriots fan, as much as I would like to say he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, I think the two touchdowns, two Super Bowl MVPs, and the relatively high place on almost all all-time passing categories, I think you have to give him the nod. He's been a staple of the league for going on two decades, and I, I just don't think it makes sense to not include him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I definitely agree with Jesse here. He definitely, I am a Giants fan, but I still do believe that he should be in the Hall of Fame due to his, his accolades with seventh in passing touchdowns and total, total yards, and the two Super Bowls against the Patriots do it. All right, um, I have a pretty objective perspective here as uh, the Detroit Lions don't have much bearing onto whether the Patriots or the Giants are better. But in my opinion, Eli Manning has been a local hero for a long time. There was some controversy surrounding his draft, and he got a lot of crap for that. But I think that, in general, if you can craft a narrative and also have the stats to prove that that narrative is valid, I don't see the reason why not to put him in the Hall of Fame. I see the merits of putting Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, he has a tremendous, he left a tremendous legacy, a tremendous impact on the sport of football. But you're just looking at the numbers. It's just not there. 60% completion percentage, nearly 250 interceptions. He did throw the ball a lot. He threw a lot of touchdowns, threw a lot of yards. But he wasn't as efficient as many of the other quarterbacks in the league that we consider Hall of Famers. And I personally think because of his big moments as well as the stats, think he should make it. But another person leaving the league now, Philip Rivers, is number six all-time in touchdowns and number six all-time in passing yards. And I'd argue someone with similar numbers should not make it. So I think for me, the big difference... It's the narrative. It's the narrative. It's the impact he had on the sport as a whole that someone like Philip Rivers with even slightly better numbers does not have. I mean, remember, Philip Rivers has crafted quite a narrative having, what, like 20 kids by now? I definitely think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but it does come into question whether he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I would argue that first ballot is a bit too high for him, just as uh, Dan said, that it is his stats... He was never, like, his prime was never that of Breeze Roethlisberger or Brady, so first ballot might be a little high for him, but since of his narrative and seventh all-time in passing yards and touchdowns, Hall of Fame isn't his destiny. I just want to say one last thing. What's important when evaluating a player's Hall of Fame case is to compare him to players during his time. Joe Montana did not have as good stats with Eli Manning, but when you look at the players who he was playing, uh, his peers at the time, he was posting great stats for his era. Eli Manning, while his stats would be good in the 80s, they're not quite as good in the 2010s. Remember, Eli Manning has uh, a stat that many others don't have, and that's two Super Bowl wins. All right, and now on to the Super Bowl. This is a game that doesn't really need much explanation. Uh, how, how we got here, though, is uh, quite interesting. The Chiefs managed to beat the Titans, which were surging hot, and the 49ers ran all over the Packers. So first, we're going to start with the team key to the game. What about each of these teams will uh, decide the matchup. All right, so first off, uh, I'm going to start with the Chiefs. Uh, I think they have to stop the run here. Last week they proved that they can slow down Derrick Henry enough to beat the Titans, and right now he's easily 
one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the league. Yeah. Raheem Mostert coming off a huge week, put up over, well over 200 yards rushing, and uh, the Chiefs have to be able to stop him if they want a chance in this game. For the 49ers, I think they just have to force Mahomes to leave the pocket. I think they need to get pressure on their quarterback. Uh, if they let Mahomes just sling it as much as he wants, they're gonna Chiefs are going to have a field day. Yeah, my, my key to the game is going to have to be the 49ers pass rush. They have a really good pass rush, but if they... As um as Robert Salah said earlier this week, the uh, Chiefs offense looks like they got from an Olympic relay team, and if they're gonna stop that, they're gonna have to get to Patrick Mahomes. He's actually a relatively um he's ab- only just slightly above average against the pass rush. Uh, he's amazing when he isn't rushed at all. So the, the only way to stop the Chiefs offense is if they get to the quarterback. Don't let him run away, run into space. Any too much time for the Chiefs will be a 50-yard touchdown. They need to get to the quarterback. My key to the game is the beautiful Brady 2.0, Jimmy G. Because throughout the playoffs, he's barely had to pass. And I think to get the win against a, someone like Patrick Mahomes, that is so high-powered, even with their amazing defense, he's going to have to step up more than he has in the past. So I think he has to not only be beautiful, but great. Yeah, I think the key of the game for the Chiefs has got to be their rushing offense. It has been next to nothing so far in this postseason and for the whole season. But well, the 49ers' defensive line has been ridiculously good, but they're gonna have they're gonna have to find a way to run the ball to win this game. Yeah, for the 49ers, I see two major key of the games. The first one is ball control. We saw what the Titans did last week in the first half. Derrick Henry was running the ball. They were controlling the clock, not letting Patrick Mahomes take the field. That's how you beat great quarterbacks. You don't let them get the ball. The second thing they need to do, they need to get pressure on the quarterback. They need to make sure Patrick Mahomes can't roll around and find guys deep. The 49ers have a great secondary, but no one can cover the speed of the Chiefs receivers for that long. They need to get to Patrick Mahomes, get pressure on him, make him uncomfortable, and then they have a chance to win. And if there's any weakness on the 49ers defense, it's their secondary, though. It's certainly no weakness. I wouldn't call it weakness. It's not a weakness, but it's it is their, their weakest point. Not a lot of depth there. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. But what I'd say is, what's scary about the Chiefs is that they can go, they can strike at any moment and go on a run at any moment. As you saw, the Titans were in control, and it only takes one second for them to lose control. The 49ers are definitely a better, well-equipped team than the Titans, just roster-wise. But just like the Titans, they're going to have to keep that control the whole game because a single lapse in concentration, Mahomes is going to sting you for 50 yards yeah. and you'll never get that game back and they'll just pull away. That's that's the that's the, that's the the magic of the Chiefs. They can just pull away. They did it against and the Texans. They did it against the Titans. Well, I wouldn't call it magic. I think Nicole Hardman and Tyree Kill's sub-4-4 speed has a lot to do with that, which yes. is kind of magical. So mm-hmm. I rest but, my case. I mean, Mahomes has eight touchdowns and zero interceptions in two postseason games, so... The 49ers really need to make them make them unhappy. But I think if there's any defense that's, Again, it's, that, it's the yeah, that is yeah. equipped to handle all these motions, all the different things the Chiefs do, the speed crossers across the field, the deep routes, it's the 49ers because they can get pressure and they have a secondary that can at least uh, mitigate some of the things that the Chiefs can do. Uh, one thing that I'm a little questionable going into this game is going to be Kyle Shanahan's play calling. If we remember about three years ago in the Super Bowl against yeah. the Patriots, uh, we saw after a hot first half, Kyle Shanahan really not be creative on the offensive end. Uh, last year, what did the Chiefs not have? A defense. This year they have one. Kyle Shanahan's going to have to be creative and put good plays on the field if they want to win. And going off I mean, that, this is very much a legacy game for both coaches because Kyle Shanahan is trying to avenge that like I, I blow games 28-3 from three years ago. And Andy Reid is just always, um, always hasn't had the best success in the playoffs. So this is a real legacy game for both teams. 
All right, now we're going to be talking about the X factors in this game. These are individual players that we think will make a huge difference in the performance. Personally, I think that it's either Travis Kelsey's Dancing with the Stars moments, or it might be George Kittle's hair, but we'll see. Jacob, what do you have for us? Yeah, my X factor for the game's got to be Tyreek Hill. His explosiveness, there's so many plays that the Chiefs can possibly do with Tyreek Hill. They have the Wildcat, they have the end arounds, they have the deep crosses, the slants. There's just so many ways to get open. He's going to be the most important player for the Chiefs if they want to win this game. Yeah, as silly as it may sound, my X factor of the game is Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, we know his limitations as a quarterback. Some we, bad blood there from the Patriots. No, I have tremendous respect for Jimmy Garoppolo, but for the, for the 49ers to win the game, they can't just run the ball. There's going to be a point in the game where Jimmy Garoppolo needs to step up and make a throw, and the game's going to come down to whether he could do that. Not just short stuff over the middle to the running backs, or to the tight end, but deep throws into tight coverage. That's how they need to win the game. Uh, my X factor is going to have to be Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. Uh, I think that he really needs to buckle down and do some good old-fashioned run blocking this week. Damian Williams has been quiet in the playoffs, and I think Travis Kelsey really needs to step up in the, the blocking game if Chiefs are going to win. So my X factor is Nick Bosa and the entire 49ers defensive line because I was going to say Patrick Mahomes, but we know Mahomes is going to be great. So it's really just, can Nick Bosa sack him like five times? I think that might be enough. Yeah, my X Factor is going to have to be Tyron Matthew, safety for the Chiefs. He's been a beast this playoffs, and this Chiefs defense, while has some good players, has shown leaks, but with Tyron Matthew at top of his game, I find it hard for the 49ers to be able to do what they did to the Packers. So if Tyron Matthew plays to how he's been playing this playoffs, I think the Chiefs will get a win. All right, now we'll be moving on to the actual game. Score predictions and who's going to win. For me, I think the prediction is what's going to be shinier, Trophy at the end or Terrell Suggs' head? Well, first off, I think the answer is definitely Terrell Suggs' head. No doubt about it. With that said, there's no way I am picking against Patrick Mahomes. My You're Mahomie. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> I will say the word Mahomie as much as I can, because how can you not love this man? He is just got in the league. He's been dominating. Great guy. Sounds kind of like a frog, but that's okay. 31-28, Chiefs. 31-28. I also have to agree with Jeremy in this one. I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid win the day. 35, Chiefs. 31-49ers. Definitely be a close game. Definitely be a good game, but I think Patrick Mahomes brilliance. Even though I'm not a Jimmy G hater, just Patrick Mahomes is on a whole other level right now. Yeah, also going to have to agree with Jeremy and Ellis. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game 34-24. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Chiefs will pull it in the end. Uh, I also agree. I think that the Chiefs are going to pull it out, but I'm expecting a pretty big win for Mahomes. I'm going to say 38-21. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid's a great coach, and uh, he's never won a Super Bowl. And it's going to stay that way because the 49ers are winning. 34-28. So you got four Chiefs and, and one so it seems This room is thinking that the Chiefs are going to end up on top. Over the weekend, we received the terrible news that Kobe Bryant died in, uh, in a helicopter crash. We thought it was, uh, it was important for us to address this, and discuss what Kobe meant to each one of us. He was such an inspirational figure, and but we thought uh, it'd be appropriate to address it. Well, I think the huge thing about Kobe is that, and I've been listening a lot about him recently, is that he was in the league before I personally was born. So he's always been there as this huge figure in basketball. And I know the one thing I've heard a lot recently with him winning his recent Oscar and with a lot of what he's done after his basketball career is kind of with his mentality that he has to be the best and has to put himself into whatever he's doing. And I think the saddest part for me is that 
his career in helping people, and I know he's doing a lot for like women's sports. His daughter Gigi also sadly passed away in women's basketball. So I think the saddest thing is his second career, if you would, might have been even greater than his first one. And now that's not going to be able to happen. Like you said, we've all always grown up with Kobe in the league and being a Celtics fan, you know. I definitely tuned in to the 2008 and 2009 final series, both of which were incredible. Um, he's just been a, I mean, he's one of the top 10 greatest players of all time, left a great legacy. So, you know, you can't really say anything bad about him. And uh, it's just a, just a tragic incident. Yeah, I think when you talk about Kobe, beyond the stats and the awards, um, two things come to mind. Just the work ethic, the Mamba mentality that so many people were just so inspired by, and the kind of father he was. I mean, I mean, you talked about Gigi passing away. I mean, she was going everywhere with him. She was going to be the next Kobe. So it's really just one of the most tragic events, not just in sports, but just one of the most tragic events that has happened in my lifetime. And you saw everybody come together, just how much he meant to all these people. So it's really just, just a sad day. One thing that I just want to say is that Kobe, yeah, we've all grown up with him, but to me, he's so much more than a basketball player. He's such a great person, very talented. He won an Oscar in 20, 2018 for a short film that he made. I watched it. It's truly great. And, like, he's just done so many good things for our community, and uh, the death of him is just tragic. Our thoughts and prayers go out to not only Kobe's family, but all the families affected by the tragedy. But I think the real lesson to take away is not, and of course it's an Horrible, horrible loss for everyone involved. But Kobe really lived a full life, in my opinion. He he was just 41, but he lived a short life, but a full life. He he found what he loved, and he worked endlessly at it, and accomplished almost everything at it, and got to the highest. And I think that's what you can take away from his legacy. Like he he impacted so many people. He touched so many lives. But he truly he found what he loved, and he. He just did what he loved, and he loved parenting, he loved basketball, he did both. He was amazing at both, as we can see by that tape in uh, Barkley Center, or his whole 20-year basketball career with the Lakers, and that's what you can take as a listener. You've got to find what you love, and like do it to the best of your ability. Work hard, do that mama mentality, and you'll have a good life, just like Kobe did. A short one, unfortunately, cut too short, yet a good one. Inspirational words from Alice. Yes, and Kobe will be missed. Um, so growing up in Israel, I didn't know too much about the NBA, but it was always associated with two people. It was Kobe Bryant and uh, Michael Jordan. Those were the two faces. One and now was, I'd argue, just real quick, LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, but at the time growing up, it was always Kobe Bryant was kind of the essence of the NBA. He encapsulated what it meant to be in the NBA, even from across the ocean and uh, in a country that didn't really speak uh, English and didn't have too much of an emphasis on uh, basketball, it was always Kobe Bryant kind of encapsulated what it meant to be an NBA player, what it meant to play basketball. It meant to try your hardest all the time. It meant to never give up and it meant to work endlessly and assiduously to achieve your goals. And that kind of inspired even across the world globally, uh, millions and millions of people to just kind of work to their fullest. And I think that he really captured that. And I'm really glad that, um, we got to experience his amazing career so normally we end the show on a little bit of a light note um and a little bit of a funny note with our wacky sport of the week but i think out of respect this week i think it's appropriate that we uh we take some time to reflect upon uh how he uh impacted all of our lives and um we hope you had a great time listening and uh we'll see you next week